Nui. Hey, this is Josh Porter here. And Jason Burkhardt. How you doing? Welcome to the Solar Coaster. Episode 50. We've got half a hundred episodes under our belt. Half a hundred. <laughs> true? This, cause this show's title is now Half a Hunch. Yeah, there you 50. go. There you go. <laughs> Episode 50. No comment. Uh, the right. Hawaii Energy Story with Walter Enomoto. Welcome, Walter. Excellent. Thank you so much, Josh. Great to be here. Great to have you. Walter's a real trooper. You know, been uh, kind of trying to get together for a little while. And I uh, just called you last week and was like, hey, I think it's a, it's a good week. What do you think? And he's like, yeah, let's do it. Okay. And so, and he actually here in the studio with us, too. We thought it might be a call-in. But you went, you were able to jump in the studio. Yeah, no, thanks. It, it, I think it'll be a great opportunity to really chat and find out more about Hawaii Energy and our programs and what mm. we can help business and residents with. Definitely. We're really excited about that. You know, we've spent the last better part of the last year, Jay and I, working on uh, this, this show and really getting a lot of the stakeholders, a lot of the innovators, a lot of the kind of thought leaders out there uh, talking about renewable energy. Uh, and a lot of the times it's about, you know, generation or storage. Uh, but we really haven't gotten too deep into the idea of conservation of energy, which is, I assume, a big part of what you do, right? Conservation and efficiency. Mm. And while they do similar, uh, have a similar effects, mm. they are quite different. And we'll talk a All little right. bit more about All that. All right. I learned already. I love it. All right. And we're only three episodes away, if you can count this one, 50, 51, 52, from our year anniversary episode, which is rumored to be a really big brouhaha. Excited about that, Jay. Uh, so well, at, least, uh, <laughs> at least the after party will be. Right, <laughs> right, right. It's going to be a good time. I'm really looking forward to it. So, uh, hey, let's get through our housekeeping, jump into our news and events, and take it from there, okay? So we are the Solar Coaster folks. Uh, you can be found right here in lovely Maui County, Fridays at 105 p.m. or you can be found in the studio KOI 1110 AM also on some FM stations 96.7 FM Central Maui 96.5 FM Westside 98.7 FM Upcountry this is a call-in show our call-in line is 242-7800 uh, you know we can be found on the web too Jay what's going on with the website these days sure check out our website solar-coaster.com we upload all our previous shows there so you can go in and if you're looking for a particular topic uh chances are we've talked about it <laughs> at this point <laughs> although there's always although we're always coming up with new stuff uh you can also scroll down and fill out your the, the little form for your uh, the mailing list uh if you can't call in live during the show or you're too embarrassed to call in live during the show uh send us a note there we'll get your question on air you don't have to call in at all Absolutely. Yeah. Just let us know what's going on in your in your minds out there. We want to answer those questions. So, hey, uh, you know, the, the Solar Coaster has been on air because of a great group of sponsors. And uh, Ma I'm just going to give them, you know, the name, name off right now. Maui Solar Project, Tabuchi Electric America, Sonin Battery, Pika Energy, and Sundrum Solar. And these are great, wonderful uh, renewable energy companies that are out here doing the hard work. And we appreciate them so much for keeping us on the air. Yeah, uh, pushing us up the hill so we yeah, can roll yeah. down the other side. <laughs> a couple of quick announcements. Uh, you know, we've got uh, actually a lot of uh, participants in these companies. I think they're almost all in Maui right now, actually. So uh, Tabuchi Electric's president, uh, Harumi McClure, is here doing some really big things in the community. Just picked her up from the airport and dropped her off at, at the hotel. Uh, you know, uh, Pika Energy is doing a uh, an installer training actually out in a, a Maui uh, Brewing Company, one of our other shows, our great shows there with uh, Garrett a while back. So Maui Brewing Company, the, um, they're doing training there. And then uh, Sundrum Solar is going to be in um, Maui. Uh, the, the CEO, Michael and Thierry, are quote of the year. Uh, <laughs> pools mm -hmm. make great batteries, right, Jay? Uh, he's yep. going to be in town on the 3rd. Uh, so we're going to be able to get an opportunity to do, probably do an in-studio session with him. So all of our you know, our great sponsors are actually poking around Maui and, and a part of this community and really dedicated to it long term. So uh, we're really happy about that. Uh, one last piece. Maui Solar Project has a retail space uh, a booth at, at Queen Kong on a mall, that is. Um, it's really starting to kind of like build out and be really interesting. Uh, we're spending more time there, meeting people, talking to them face-to-face -face about what's going on with solar uh, and, and storage, which is a big part of our focal point, uh, Walter, because, you know, right now you have what's going on in Puerto Rico just going out again for, you know, 24 hours or something. we got what's going on in Kauai. Mm -hmm. So people really want to understand how storage can provide, you know, resiliency and safety in their homes and their lives. So we're out there face-to-face -face talking to the community. Um, lastly, podcasts. What's going on with podcasts, Jay? <laughs> Podcasts are easy. If that's your preferred listening platform, we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Just search Solar Coaster uh, in its varying forms, and we'll pop right up. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, podcasts are really cool. i got to get into those. Okay, so let's jump into our news and events. What do you say? Sure. Sounds like a problem. <laughs> there, there have been some problems. It could be a problem. <laughs> it could be a problem. Let's get um, into global. So yeah, right which right one do you want to do? Yeah, right, right <clears throat> off the bat, weather, weather in Europe has gotten really hot. It's, it's 
why does that matter to us? Um, it's actually because um, everybody's starting to turn on their air conditioners. It was like last week it was snowing, and this week it is in the in the high 80s, from what I understand. So we've got data right off of Germany's solar output, and they are at 25.5 watt output of their total like all time. Uh, 25.5 gigawatts? 25.5 gigawatts of solar uh, powering air conditioners across Europe. And that's their record was 27. So they're already, this is still Whoa. April. <laughs> that's a full, that's Europe. That's all of Europe. Well, Germany, they do have um, transfer agreements across borders. So they do share power. Right. Uh, Germany has a lot of solar install base and they share that solar across the nation. But as, mm. the, as the day heats up and they get solar on, coming online they're um, implementing that to offset the uh, the generation requirement for all those air conditioners man that's a lot of energy being used for air conditioning you know it's interesting yeah, they're, they're 1.5 gig away from their all-time record which is absolutely crazy at this the, early stage at, of the year stage, right at this early stage of the game the interesting thing is i was able to dig up a um a little graph and it actually shows a general trend upwards in in that winter summer cycle mm. uh, every every year and it's and it probably tracks I, I can't find any real data but it probably tracks pretty well with their total overall install base right <laughs> so, so right so they'll probably break the record just because they have more solar this year than last year i see i mean okay okay so uh well that's that i mean are we seeing similar kinds of things do you think uh in hawaii walter is that are we seeing more usage of uh of air conditioning and uh, is that something that's happening here um definitely you know with the last few years especially that uh, peak year and i believe it was 2014 2015 that led the governor to uh, uh look at installing ac solar powered ac on many of the schools across the state uh, that year in particular added probably a lot of air conditioning capacity however since then you know this year has been unusually cool mm. and wet so it, it, it while it may be installed it's not being used right at this moment but come september august september you know we could be we could see the opposite side of that where right a lot of those will be in use right right uh, hey jay do you want to jump over to what's going on with the electric buses this is pretty interesting. Um, you sent me this article, and it starts off talking about how the Chinese government kind of subsidized um, the, the whole rise of solar panel in, in um, adoption in mass, and it was all because of costs, right? So they subsidized the production of the the cells in order to get manufacturers to produce more, which then generated an economy of scale and kind of ramps up that that S curve of adoption, right? Mm -hmm. um, and and. What they're saying is that they've now taken aim at electric vehicles, specifically large uh, bus transport, so public transport type stuff. That's exciting. Um, but but the, the the interesting thing is that the subsidies are like half the price of the bus itself. Mm. <laughs> it's like, like entirely entirely um, way out of the realm of normal normal pricing. Um, but they've only ever been able to sell them domestically. So now they're starting to ramp because they're ramping up this economy of scale. People from all municipalities across the world are looking at these. They're calling them BEBs, battery equipped, battery electric buses. Mm. Um, they do they do need to be charged in a depot. Like it's not, it's not as cool as wireless, um, and it's not the things that you see overhead with the big pantographs, like the buses that can only go on a certain. These are electric vehicles. But these are there's they're proper electric vehicles. Exactly that. They're, it's the same technology that you're going to find in your electric cars, um, powering a, a much larger vehicle. Right. Uh, but it really, really makes sense. They looked at total cost of ownership of having these these battery buses, mm. and um, the longer the route, the quicker the return. Hmm. So if you have if you have a small city, it's going to be a little harder to actually pay the thing off. But if you have a, a medium or large size city to take care of, um, the battery the the battery equipped buses will. Um, pay for themselves pretty easily after driving only about six, 56 miles a day. Oh, okay. Well, it's interesting, too, because, um, you know, it's, it kind of reminds me of the uh, shipping conversation in that, you mm -hmm. know, it, within the vehicle space, it turned, like, there's a quote here somewhere where they talk about uh, the amount of, um, uh, well, buses are only 0.5% of the city's vehicles. They're responsible for 25% of the air pollution. So well, if anybody who's been stuck behind a bus knows that <laughs> or 20%. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. And I was just thinking that the other day I'm, I'm driving, I'm behind a bus and I'm like, at one point in the future, this 
thing that I'm experiencing right now is going to seem so insane. No one would sit behind a bus, you know, inhaling all this knocks and socks or whatever it is. I mean, so there's it's, it's kind of a low-hanging fruit in a sense because you can make a big difference in the air. Uh, at the air pollution contribution, if you knock it out, just like the shipping industry, what did we discover? Something like seventeen percent of 17% global percent of global uh, carbon dioxide was from that, the shipping that industry. Heavy fuel, heavy fuel shipping, right? And then particularly fuel. nasty knox and socks, right? So you know, with yep. something like this, it's it's kind of an on land version of that. And and also to add to the um, kind of interesting component of this, we've got an electric bus in the community right now. I, I know where do they come from? It looked almost just like this picture too, Walter. Um, the one that the mayor was talking about last week, and it's here. Right, right. I. I had a uh, nice short conversation with the Department of Transportation head Don Medeiros, who yep. got a chance to drive it. Yeah. And he came away, sounded like pretty impressed with uh, how well it handled, how smooth it was. No kidding. Um, you know, it might have a little bit more issues going uphill, and we have some pretty steep hills with yeah, no kidding. Haleakala, right. But in terms of flatland driving, you know, that might be an option for the longer commuter routes. That's exciting. That's yeah. exciting. That's does, a big. Does it have ludicrous mode? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. What would the Tesla bus be like? It would be like a little race car. With like, <laughs> you, you wouldn't be able to catch it. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Well, that's an exciting thing. I can't imagine anybody that would would be uh, against having a, our bus line go electric. It seems like a no brainer, right? And there are there yeah. any kind of drawbacks at all? Outside of the hill issue you mentioned? Well, exactly what he was talking about is, is that there requires a lot more power to move something vertically uphill against gravity, and they're going to need to kind of come up to speed on that. But again, right. it's, 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 a, it's a technological hurdle that can, hurdle that can be supplanted, uh, supplanted yeah. really quickly. Um, the batteries will be getting better. The buses will be getting better. Um, this is just the first generation. They've already shipped, uh, what is it? Not, not even half a million, 385,000 buses worldwide mm -hmm. so far. Um, but that the, pretty much all of them were in the last four years. Right. So we're just coming up on that curve. But uh, if you see electric bus right now, it's a rare beast, <laughs> but I would expect to see them a lot more in the near future. Yeah, this isn't going anywhere away anytime soon. So very, very no, cool. I'm... Excited about the, the buses. Uh, let's jump over to the bifacials, my favorite topic of conversation. <laughs> uh, there's something yes, we all, fun we all going know on. Josh, know Josh loves bifacials. <laughs> you see these, Walter? And... Yeah, so this article from Green Tech Media, bifacial plus tracking boosts solar energy yield by 27%. And that's, you know, in some of the conversations I've been having, with people, it sounds to me like uh, uh, that actually that's that could be conservative. Like we've heard of you know bifacials alone producing even more than that. Then it probably depends on the latitude and longitude. What do you think about this article here, Jay? Uh, my my first note in my my little crib notes here is is yeah we kind of knew that. Right. <laughs> we've talked about bifacials a lot. I, I think so much of it has to do with what the back surface is, the surface behind the actual panels. If it's highly reflective, if it's light or, or silver, like you've been playing with the diamond plate stuff, I mean, mm. that's blinding on the other side. Yeah. Um, I, I would be start to worry about temperatures of the modules <laughs> as opposed to uh, they're going to get less efficient as they get warmer, but it's still generating a tremendous amount more energy um but the other the really interesting notes come down uh, way down in the article where they talk about china's top runner program um and the reason why we have so many bifacials now there's there's currently the whole the whole world uh manufacturing capacity manufacturing potential um 35 gigawatts of that is now that that's 35 gigawatts per manufactured in a year. You mean the um, global PV is, is manufacturing capability? Global, global is 35 global gigawatts? PV, that's the, no, no, no. Um, it's it's more like 100, 100. but 35 is like almost a third, or more than a third, of, of total manufacturing capacity. It's all all bifacial now. That was fast. Um, and that and that, wow. and that yeah that was that was fast. That's like. It came out of nowhere. Couple, last couple of years. Um, but China's top runner program is kind of responsible for this. The top runner program is, again, and, and I'm sensing a theme in these news yeah. kind of events, is, is a program sponsored by the Chinese government to improve um, manufacture the, the the quality of the cells. Everybody's everybody's always on China for knocking, for, for knocking out cheap garbage, right? I'm going to lose that and, reputation and soon. Yeah, they're going to lose that <laughs> reputation because they're specifically focused on requiring, not not um, recommending, requiring that individual monocrystalline cells have an efficiency of at least 21%. Mm. So they like just completely, yeah, 21%. That's not, uh, and, and, yeah, and oh, 21% and 18% respectively. So it said monocrystalline. At a, yeah, it's a, at a cell level, it's 21%. At a panel level, it's gotcha. 18 Gotcha. Okay, that sounds a little more reasonable. 
That's what 21% yeah. at but, the cell but, level but, was kind of like uh, Sun Power territory at one, one point, you know, the X21 series. It's, yeah, that exactly. It. It's, they're really, really hot panels. Um, these days, it's it's pretty normal. But the reason why it's normal is because China's not allowed to manu- <laughs> manufacture. in China aren't allowed to manufacture anything less. Right. Um, but that's that's really interesting because 10 to 12, it's your 10 to 12 percent better than the panels a few years ago. Um, require basically means that you can mount 10 to 12 percent less panels yeah. to meet energy requirements ship if you're 10 doing to 12 percent less, less panels ship 10 to 12 percent right. and you don't and yet and install 10 to 12 percent i mean that's that's where the big you you know is as, as an installer yeah. um biggest cost. cost is labor and so if you have to install less panels then labor costs can be less Absolutely. That's a, that's an amazing thing. I did not know that. And it's very exciting to see that trend uh, taking shape. We're just we're just seeing two, you know, different product lines that are both being kind of, uh, you know, just just led by by the Chinese. And at the, at the it seems like the, the top level, right? It's at the governmental level. What did Hank Rogers say? We had a show with Hank a while back uh, talking mm-hmm. here about Blue Planet Energy and about the foundation. And he said he, he said uh, when something when they say they're going to do something in China, it's like if, if they say if they say kill all the flies, he goes, everybody goes around and kills 20 flies and all the flies are dead. <laughs> right. So it's like that's what seems to be what's happening here in renewable energy. There's a top-down message of we're going to adopt this. And, you know, frankly, in in the special economic development zone all up and down China from Hong Kong, Ellipse, Qingdao, you know, that area has been so unbelievably polluted because we've effectively – outsourced our manufacturing and outsourced our externalization of uh, on the environment, right? All of the dioxins, all the horrible stuff. So it looks like they're just, they're just, they got a a bead on that and they're like, we're going to change this. Right. And uh, so that's a, that's a a wonderful thing. I mean, I can't think of anything negative to say about that. I'm really happy to see these things happening. Yep. The last point in that article was that they expect to see 23% in high volume very soon. It wasn't, it wasn't clear on how soon, but 23% within the year, 23% base it at the cell level everywhere. 23% of a module level efficiency in high volume. Yep. Is that what you said? Yes. So just for yes. our listeners at home, it, there, there's a um, there's an efficiency level at the cell, like the little the little thing that looks, the little each, PV each little square. little regular square that you see. Right? There's an efficiency mar- uh, uh, rating that you get for that cell, and then there's an efficiency rating that you give for the entire panel. The one for the panel is what's most relevant because that's what we're buying. But actually, if you want to extend that further, there's efficiencies. We don't use DC typically in our homes. There's efficiencies on the inverters too. Yep, and yep, if we're yep. flipping around and rectifying things, we've gone on about But it's all part of the same conversation, right? It's like you know, you, you, it's how much energy generation. can you get? Yeah, how much energy can you, you get from a given footprint on your roof? Right, right. How much can you get? But then how much can you store? And how much can you use? And how efficiently can you do that whole cycle? And how much can right. you not use? Which is what Walter's here to probably talk about. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's what he's thinking right now. I yeah, guess. right. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Okay. So what's the next one, Jay? We got some great news and events today. Oh uh, yeah, we got a lot of a lot of news going on. Uh, U.S. Department of Energy announced on Tuesday that they're investing another hundred. million, so $105.5 million in new funding for innovative solar research. This is kind of cool. I mean, they've already got a lot of programs out there, governmental sponsored. We talk a lot about Chinese government now. We're going to talk about U.S. government. (laughs) But uh, four core areas they've identified that they really want to invest in. So advanced solar system integration, um, concentrated solar photovoltaics specifically and then improving and expanding solar industry workforce initiatives and that's that's a really long one but really kind of interesting and i think we maybe as as the radio show we should kind of go for that <laughs> yeah yeah for sure man um well it was interesting they actually give a dollar figure to this right so advanced solar systems integration up to 46 million uh yep. what does that mean advanced solar, is, that, is that vpp or is that is that like advanced solar Systems integration. Um, it, Are we talking could, about? It could. It could be that it is. It is focused. Virtual on power plan is VPP. By yeah. The way. Yeah. So, um, virtual power plant would be uh, everyone participating and being able to share energy across the grid. Not less like a NEM and more like a, a private sector. Um, transfer of, yeah, of so, wealth. So, well, <laughs> people are deploying storage assets and then they can be offering services to the grid, uh, to the utility. Uh, you know, right. that's that's kind of virtual power plant concept. Yeah, but, that, but that's not the only thing. It's just it's just how do we integrate these solar systems into our grid in the most effective way possible mm. uh, to and, and harden against disaster events. So that could be so, even related to like weather prediction, for example, or yep, absolutely. Um, other. I mean, absolutely. I don't know, like there's probably a whole suite of of, of things that are they're working on probably a lot of software stuff too right like predictive yep. analytics on where consumption is going to happen where production is going to happen and how to try to match 
those things up, for example. Those are the guys, grid yeah, works. You, we met yeah, those you, guys. You take, you take that modeling. Yeah, you take that modeling. So we, we talked about the, uh, the, the weather uh, models being updated with, with to like $20 million as well. Um, so that information would come out and they would use those predictions to kind of push energy around to where it's going to be needed. Right. Where it's coming. And this is all done by uh, some smart AI that doesn't take over the world. Right. Well, it's oh, trying to we, figure we, out. We, we would hope no, it doesn't take over the world. Just, just, your, not, just your power grid. It's not gonna. It's not gonna like turn on your smart like you know your say camera system in your house. Okay, we need to yep. use this energy. All right. So, yep. Concentrated solar Con power. Concentrated solar. We've talked about concentrated solar. If you remember seeing the the large um, central tower with a whole lot of mirrors kind of focused on it all the way around. It, those yeah. aren't those aren't individual panels. They literally are just mirrors, and they're focusing the solar energy on one single point. There's a few things they can do with it, but when you get when it gets that hot um photovoltaics usually are not one of them <laughs> right well this was uh it wasn't archimedes that was the, the yep. it, that was the first uh kind of in the you like you like bringing that up i remember seeing a mythbusters episode where they tried to do that it didn't, it didn't work, work. <laughs> he couldn't he couldn't burn the ships i'm not talking about the legitimacy the of him actually burning the ships with a mirror i'm talking well, about this you know this is kind of the same you know it's basically archimedes yeah. thing right so yeah, um yep. yeah so concentrated solar power uh, and then yep. photovoltaic research and development, 27 million. Photovoltaics is for pretty much the <clears> traditional, <throat> what you think of as, as solar panels these days. But it, but R&D in that area could be anything. I mean, it could be down to different types of, of chemical compounds that generate uh, electricity off of more of the electromagnetic spectrum. So the light right. you can pull in more and more from. Uh, or it could be something completely new. I mean, they, they do say they're looking for innovation. So and what was the last one here? Okay, this this is the cool one. Improving and expanding. It's arguably the most important one, and yet the one that gets the least money. Hmm. <laughs> but improving and expanding solar industry workforce initiatives. And what that is is really um, being able to keep people, so veterans in the industry, training up new people to grow the industry, um, and, and basically making um, domestic uh, solar a, a, a much more viable career path for yeah. people. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is really key. And I, and, and having you know, be, have been in the industry for a while now, I, I certainly can, can kind of speak to the, the volatility of it, which, which is our namesake, right? The solar coaster. Yep. And, yep. Um, you know, it, one of the things that's challenging is the kind of swings that you get a tremendous amount of work because a utility program becomes available. There's a tax incentive that's available. There's a, you know, a new technology that kind of makes it all work. And then everyone kind of, and I think we're in the mid, we're the, be the beginning period of another ramp, you know, right now. Yeah. And so everyone's going to kind of filter into solar <clears throat> and, that's across the entire kind of supply chain of solar, right? So like this morning, yep. for example, I had a couple of older sales guys that I hadn't seen in a while, and they're poking around again, and they're like, oh, like, oh you guys are on for the next ride. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. So, um, and the same thing happens with installers, and I'm sure the manufacturing space has a similar kind of thing. So it's, uh, I wonder what they're what they're working on. You know, if they're, I wonder what this actually is specifically. So that'd be interesting to check out. You know, one of the things I wanted well, the, to- The money is available for other <clears throat> programs. That's the thing. They're not working on anything specific. It's, it's basically like a grant. Yeah, no, but and I mean like- so what are they looking so, to fund, right? Oh. Or so, like, what kind of things might be might come? Like I said, hopefully, hopefully, a radio show that's focused on solar <laughs> renewable education. You know, I, I noticed that there's no uh, energy efficiency focal point here. Any money floating around for this, Walter? What do you think about that? Well, it might there <clears throat> might be monies in another category or another pot okay. there, but okay, uh, right? These these are all new new monies available. Is this so a meaningful addition, amount of money, gentlemen? Do you think this is actually going to spur anything on? Is this enough? Uh, you know, it's hard. To, I don't have any sense of perspective here. $105 million from the feds, from the DOA. Well, it's probably a good start. Hmm. And as they see projects and other things develop from that, it might recognize that maybe more money might be needed to hmm. accelerate things. You know, this is a start, though. So yeah. see how it goes. Yeah. And if more money is needed, hopefully get some more. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. What else we got going on, Jay? Where that was? Jeez. Uh, um, well, this is this is this is a big one because we just did oh, yeah. a large show on Solar World, trying to figure out which Solar World is which. And uh, <laughs> right? this past this past week, we got word that SunPower is in the process of acquiring Solar World. Yeah, Americas. you know when I when I first started in, in the business, I used to confuse SunPower and Solar World. Now I don't have sure. to anymore. SunPower owns Solar World, so well, that's no, that's great. see, that's not true yet. It's still subject to uh, both U.S. and uh, German regulatory approval. But it's I mean it would it would turn SunPower into the largest um, U.S. based manufacturer of crystalline panel. Yeah. Yeah, until Jinko or somebody else decides to uh, yeah. just you know ramp up yeah, <laughs> like they're doing Duke be, Energy but, but, in the South. Okay. Right? For, for a little while, they will be. <laughs> uh, the 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 amount of money 
paid for Solar World. America's was not disclosed, uh, but Solar World has gone on record saying it's really, really looking forward to it. They can get new capital from yeah. SunPower. Uh, they want to. SunPower's intent is to manufacture the P series modules here. Um, what what are those? The P series modules? Oh, geez, I don't remember off the top of my head, Jay. P series okay. events and percentage. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, Mm, I don't think so. I mean, the 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 many, Okay, so SunPower's primary technology, and I'll have to look this up. You know, while we're talking later, but is that rear contact, and that's yep. that uh, full copper plate. So I, I'm not sure if when they reference the P series, that's what they're saying or not. Um, but if that is the case, that's great because they're kind of the only ones outside of LG that do that type of a uh, of a, of a. Um, of a manufacturing process. Uh, I remember, was it Meyer Berger? I think it was Andre that was explaining to us um, what mm -hmm. it takes to do that kind of manufacturing. And once again, I'm not sure if P is the, the designation of that type, but they, he was saying that your average solar panel takes like 11 steps, you know, and from crucible to cell, to actual cell. And, um, but the P series takes like 16 steps. And so he was saying, that, you know, that has a lot to do with why it's more expensive. And of course there's, you know, patents all around this and everything. Um, but if, if that would be wonderful if SunPower uh, was, you know, producing their high efficiency products here in the United States, they're not subject to the tariffs. They're using the solar world lines or updating the solar world lines and, you know, making a major play for the high efficiency business out here, but not having to pay the tariffs that um, I suppose LG could end up having to pay, right? Right. So right. They, they, that could actually level the playing field. Actually, I would think that that would level. I'm just doing the math in my head on the on the on the module costs. It's not that probably brings it you know kind of in the similar territory. So some this right. could be a good play for SunPower. Um, you know, re, uh, it, 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 in the uh, problem that SunPower had before was that they were yes. doing. Although they are, we think of them as an American company. They're owned by a French conglomerate, Total, which is like you know the largest one of the largest utility or energy companies in the world. Uh, it's kind of like the French Exxon. Right, and then but they manufacture. I think it was in Malaysia a lot of their products. Right, yeah, so they were going to be subject to the tariffs potentially. They yep. were looking for exemption, I'm sure. Um, but this gives them an opportunity to maybe level the playing field and start to you know ramp up American production. That could be really great. I mean, I'm sure Oregon people in Oregon, probably 800 families, are uh, probably yep. feeling a lot better tonight. You know, so that's uh, yeah. that's good news. Yeah, and fun. another thing is, as soon as this happened, I I, I shot off a text message to uh, Sarah Amadeo. You may know her. She's the SunPower representative here in Maui, maybe Hawaii. And uh, I said, hey, uh, you know, we've been planning on doing a show. Now's a good time. We did a show on Solar World last week. <laughs> Why don't we do a show on SunPower? <laughs> so we got a tentative date in about a month uh, to do a show with Sarah on SunPower. And we'll learn all about their Equinox program, which is a, a you know, nice, uh, like some new technology. I think it's like some smart house technology. And then about this acquisition, hopefully. So that'd be really great. And hopefully find out about the P-Series modules, yeah. <laughs> yeah find out about the P-Series, too. Uh, okay, okay. So one, what's... Final, one final national news item, and then we'll wrap this up. Yeah. Um, Tesla roof customer. We found one. <laughs> or oh, right. He did found, it. People have finally found one. A real non-Tesla employee has actually gotten the roof installed. Um, the, the story goes that they were replacing the roof anyway. Um, it did cost quite a bit, but after the tax credits, that was was about $50,000. Um, it definitely produced produces more than the couple needs, which is actually really interesting. Uh, but material delays took an additional three months. They they originally uh, signed up, paid their $1,000 deposit way back in May of last year, trying to get it installed in January. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't actually done until March. But gotcha. it is done now. So that's kind of cool. We've seen a Wonderful. Tesla roof in the wild. In the wild, yeah. I mean, it's really exciting, you know. And, and from an installer's perspective, you look at that and you go, "All right, so let's say this guy's got a south-north facing roof. So his north is just a, just regular roof tiles, probably. Yep. His south uh, section is, uh, by and large, these cells, you know. So I think it. I remember seeing the 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 um, uh, announcement, and it looked like he had was it one or two cells per tile. I remember because you could see there was like a translucent thing. You could kind of see what it was, and uh, so you know, pr presumably they're somehow they're optimized because there is shading. We're looking at a picture right now, and there's these roof uh, vents, uh, affectionately known as stink stacks in the industry, uh, just for you laymen out there. <laughs> And I just call it like it is. You can even see a shadow on not one of the uh, the stink stacks, but rather the um, uh, looks like a, a furnace or something like that. Uh, uh, you know, a t little two foot tall kind of foot long, foot wide um, uh, obstruction. But you can see the shade right there. You see that, Walter? Mm -hmm. So you know, my question, and a lot of questions, of course, more than answers at this stage of the game. But my question is. How are they optimizing those cells? Are because if if they're not optimized and if they were batched in series, 
then you're, the whole thing's down, right? Oh, yeah. So it's it, yep. I guess it's got to be like there's they're, yeah, they're, the they're doing Christmas light. Yeah, they're probably doing substring optimizers somewhere in order like okay, this batch is clear, this batch is clear. Around here, maybe we do dummy cells, right? Around the obstructions, for example. So, uh, yeah, I mean, geez, Tesla, please get on the horn with us and satisfy this. Or I'm going to have like nightmares about this, trying to figure this thing out for the next few well, months. At this, at, this day, at this stage of the game, they're still only installing in California. Uh, they are actual Tesla installers. Um, mm. I don't know if you, I don't know if you guys can get this. <laughs> uh, I'm getting calls saying, "Can we get it?" That's for sure. Well, yeah, you got a lot of customers. Yeah. But that's not. I'm, I'm saying actual <clears throat> Tesla is the only one selling Tesla stuff. Right, so. right. Well, you know, uh, yeah, that's actually a really. A, a, it speaks to a bigger issue. You know, Tesla started out, of course, finding uh, installation partners, um, and they acquired uh, Solar City, and and then they they uh, kind of eliminated their sales force and went retail. And uh, so is the next step to in-house installation? I think not, but it could happen, you know. Uh, so are they going to be looking for installers or not? Who knows? My understanding uh, was that this this roof was done by Tesla-employed Well, it's 20 uh, people, people, right? And they said there are 20 yeah. people on this job just kind of going, okay, we got to actually install one of these. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm sure it's, it's one, of the, one of the early ones. I'm sure it's still a training exercise. Someone's got a time well. lapse of that. It looks like a bunch of ants on a house. Just like 20 people uh, going, okay. you know? <laughs> I want to see really that funny. one. Okay, so. So, uh, we got yeah, a couple Elon more Musk, things. If you have that video, we want to see it. You know Twitter. what it does. He's watching it right now. Um, okay, so in Hawaii, a couple things happening out here. Um, what's going on? It looks like to me there's a there's a pretty important precedent that was just set with Duke and Hawaiian Electric. You hear about this one, Walter? This is this. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. Yep. So yeah. Well, basically, we got um, the first Hawaii electric-owned solar system is being installed right now. So that's a heck of a precedent. Yeah, and and I believe this this project and another were projects that had been on the books for a while. But I, if I seem to recall, the PUC had approved other private large solar farm projects that went ahead first. And we right. have the two larger ones on Maui. Right. The and there's a yep. couple of other ones before Hawaiian Electric could do theirs. Yeah. They're moving toward that. But it's yep. a good sign. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, and you, and you can to me, it's the question becomes, and it's point eight, it's eight cents per kilowatt hour uh, uh, t tariff or a fee that they're earning with this. So, uh, um, uh, what's interesting about that is that that's the lowest cost of renewable energy in Hawaii to date. Yeah, I don't, so, I don't know if you can call it a fee tariff because right, because it they're is, making it's it <laughs> right? because they're making they're making their own exactly. I mean, you wouldn't call it that when they're they're running the generator in Malaya. So, what is it? Um, yeah. but is it, but is the that interesting. Cost? Yeah, so the interesting thing is here, every other solar farm we've ever seen everywhere is a privately owned installation that they are selling power back to Hawaii Electric. Uh, yes, I mean, in different yes. forms, right? <laughs> Negotiated PPAs or feed-in sure. tariffs or some variation of, you know, f firm and generation and, you know, whatever. I mean, that's, um, yeah. So uh, does that represent costs, like levelized cost of energy, for example, that eight cents a kilowatt hour? Or is because who's paying who? I mean, if it's from Hawaiian Electric, right? Um, to, so that's Hawaii, very, to Hawaii Electric, right? Yeah. To, well, it looks like, you know, they, uh, my <laughs> guess is... Because it's owned and operated. So I would I would hope that that eight cents figure takes into account the installation, um, the lifetime, and then the operation operating costs, right? So yeah. Over, over time. Could be. And that, you know, but we can ask. But it's still it's still way lower than than most of the PPAs we hear pretty, about, and certainly lower than my Hawaii. bill. In Hawaii, <laughs> in Hawaii, it's low, right? I mean, of course, we've seen yeah. as low as a couple cents in Saudi Arabia and a few sub, cents sub in Peru yeah. and things like that. Um, you know, what I find interesting, most interesting about this, and I know we're taking. Whoa, holy! We're taking a lot of time here <laughs> sorry but is that it's um it is uh it, this is a, a precedent that's set for the utility to own solar assets up until now it hasn't been the case and what does that say about what's happening moving forward what, what type of outreach what type of new programs are the utility going to uh rather than putting in a peaker plant they're going to say okay let's put in a battery plus solar you know so uh, and, that, and that's and that's that kind of the kind of um situation that I was telling you about before, that the adoption is going to be hastened when it's cheaper to put in solar and the energy costs less than a conventional coal or diesel generator that you would gotcha. need. So, so this is this is where it starts to tip. Okay. Well, why don't we um, move right into our commercials, uh, Jay, and we, we got to yep. kind of uh, jump into this. We're, we're moving a little slow here. And uh, we'll hear okay. from our commercials. We'll come back with uh, Walter Enomoto from Hawaii Energy. Aloha and welcome to Maui Solar Project. It is easy to feel rejuvenated just stepping outside on a magnificent Hawaiian day. Maui Solar Project is here to help harness that energy you feel in your body and use it to power your homes and businesses. As Laura tells us, Maui harnessed the sun so as to slow its path across the sky. Join Maui Solar Project as we harness the sun's energy and slow Hawaii's dependence on fossil fuels. 
Call Maui Solar Project at 269-2352. MauiSolarProject.org. Tsubuchi Electric, a leading worldwide inverter manufacturer, presents the second generation of the eco-intelligent battery system, the IBIS. Tsubuchi's grid-friendly system includes a high-efficiency inverter, stackable batteries, and integration with Jelly software for the most adaptable battery storage system on the market. The system is optimized for energy management and cost performance. Maximize your solar investment with Tsubuchi's electric eco-intelligent battery system. The Sonin Battery Eco is an energy storage solution that utilizes intelligent energy management software. The system is available in a variety of storage capacities and allows for expansion. Sonin Battery Eco allows you to save money by harvesting energy from your solar PV system and using that stored energy when rates are more expensive. Sonin Battery Eco is specifically designed to provide you and your family peace of mind in the event of power outage. Our unique power detection system will sense outages in real time and automatically switch over to battery power. See Sonin Battery Eco at sonin-battery.com. MIT-founded Pika Energy, makers of the Pika Energy Island, a smart energy management system that uses solar panels, lithium batteries, and intelligence to manage your energy and keep you powered even during outages. With a clean, intelligent alternative to grid power, you're in control of your energy future. Pika's Energy Island lets you manage electrical costs with HECO-ready self-supply functions. Pika's largest battery, the Harbor Plus, offers 16 kilowatt hours of stored energy and can power loads of up to 10 kilowatts. And if you need more capacity, just add a second or even third Harbor Smart battery to the same system for a maximum of 48 kilowatt hours of usable storage. Pika Energy, own your power. To learn more, visit pika-energy.com. Sundrum Solar is the manufacturer of a revolutionary thermal collector that fits on the underside of your standard PV panel to maximize energy capture per square foot. The Sundrum Solar Hybrid PVT system, combined photovoltaic and thermal, holds the world record for peak efficiency, capturing an astounding 86% usable energy. Learn how Sundrum Solar vastly improves electric, heating, and cooling economics at sundrumsolar.com. Okay, those were our uh, wonderful sponsors. Thank you so much for supporting the Solar Coaster. Uh, let's jump right in uh, to our main focus for the day. I'm here looking at your uh, website here, uh, uh, hawaiienergy.com, Walter Enomoto from Hawaii Energy. Uh, thanks so much for coming on board the show. Thank you so much, Josh. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, and uh, you know we've done a lot, and we kind of touched on it earlier in the show, but we've done a lot about generation and storage and innovative ideas on how to move energy around and, and, and kind of you know offset uh, fossil fuels. But this notion of energy conservation, I remember when I think of you, Words pop in my head. It's reduce before you produce, right? That language? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, you know, it's the whole other half of the conversation. And while generations such as solar, wind, biomass, and other forms of renewable generation has really is really kind of the sexier part of the energy industry, the whole other half is really trying to reduce your energy use as much as possible yeah. to do it in an efficient way and to help make smart energy choices where we come into play and in that our program is helping you know uh, geared toward helping businesses and residents make smart energy choices ideally you make them before you put on the renewable energy yeah. uh, but you know we've seen it go both ways and sometimes uh, it's uh you know and sometimes putting in what happens is people like you said people make oh i really want to get that solar they get the solar start to understand a little bit about energy and you know, it can kind of go either way people can kind of go oh i got free energy i'm using a whole boatload of energy now right or they can kind of go oh, i get what energy is and I understand it, and uh, let me see how I can optimize this situation. Yeah, and that, and that's exactly what happened with John Borland. If you remember that conversation, is he just put he just put on solar because he wanted it, and he was not satisfied. And that's where he took it to a he, he took it to a really extreme level and was awesome. But um, that's that's the conversation. Yeah. Well, yeah, Borland, so I, wouldn't say, I wouldn't say we've never discussed this. This is true. <laughs> of course it's come up, but I mean not. And, you know, Borland did some amazing stuff. I don't know if you know John, but he's a really remarkable guy. We got introduced to him. But he had effectively like about a $400 bill, and he put in a, uh, a Stabucci Electric, um, like a 7KW system with, with like maybe 6 kilowatt hours of energy storage. And he was able to knock out about maybe half of that. Right, mm -hmm. so he wasn't able to do the full job, and then he was able to start from that point on. It created a journey where he started to work on, you know, optimizing his use of power through some really creative mechanisms, and he was able to squeeze it all down to what he calls zero grid buy. So that's the John Moreland story. And a really remarkable gentleman that's kind of put a lot of energy into this. You guys probably share a passion for similar types of things, I suspect. But can you give us a, a little bit of background about Hawaii Energy, a little bit of background about you, and then can we can start maybe we start going to the programs after that? Sure, the Hawaii Energy Efficiency Program is the energy efficiency and conservation program that's 
operated within the three service territories of Hawaiian Electric Industries. And so that would be HECO, HELCO, and MECO. So we operate in these territories. Uh, Kauai Island, KIUC, they have their own program that is separate from the Hawaii Energy Efficiency Program. So we are actually kind of the second iteration of these types of incentive programs aimed at uh, energy efficiency. The first uh, iteration was actually done uh, under a program called the Demand Side Management Program that was run by the utilities from the early or actually mid-90s. In 1994, it started at HECO. In 1995, it started with Maui Electric and Hawaiian Electric Light Company. And the utility operated those programs up until 2009. And in July 1, 2009, the Hawaii Energy Efficiency Program came online. And this, this change had been started by a discussion in the legislature with the PUC, other stakeholders, and around the mid-2000s that while the utility was operating these programs, it was kind of an inconsistent message of, we'd go, uh, and I used to work in the program, there's like you'd go out and say, oh, please buy less of our product and we'll pay you to do that. Uh, there's a contradiction there, right? A contradiction. Yeah. And there were mm -hmm. other, maybe some inefficiencies with how the program operated. So between the legislature, PC, others said, hey, let's look at doing a third party yeah. model to have a third party operate these systems separate from the utility and strictly focused on energy efficiency and conservation. Gotcha. So that discussion took place, and from that, uh, a decision was made to, again, move this to a third-party uh, operated program. This is in the early 2000s? Uh, Mid-2000s, 2006, seven, and by 2008, they had put the RFP out. Um, a company that uh, uh, was selected to do that was who I work with now, and that's Lidos Engineering. That's where the Lidos in your uh, your email came yes. out. I looked at it and I thought, I don't even work for this company called Lidos. Yeah, un unfortunately, <laughs> we don't have a Hawaii, Hawaii Energy email. It's all under Lidos. But uh, Lidos Engineering is a national engineering solutions firm that yeah. was awarded the bid uh, to operate these programs on behalf of the Public Utilities Commission. And this program is, we, we are operate under the direct authority of the Hawaii Public Utilities Commission. We are audited yearly. Mm. Uh, there are measurement and verification teams that go out and make sure that, you know, these monies that we give out in rebates to businesses and residents for putting in more energy efficient equipment is, um, uh, you know, they want to make sure that uh, these monies are used you know, for the purposes intended, mm. and uh, so we we get audited every year. The f by the PUC. By the PUC. Gotcha. And so we have a contract administrator that we coordinate with if we want to operate, uh, look at uh, putting in new programs or removing older ones that are less effective. We work with a contract administrator and work out the details and all of that. And right now we're at the tail end of our budget and program year. We operate on the same cycle as the state of Hawaii. <coughs> so our budget starts on July 1 and we go to June 30th. So okay. we're right in the tail end of this program year. Uh, the program is funded by all electric rate payers. So mm -hmm. anybody who pays an electric bill, when you look on the back side of your bill, you'll see a line item surcharge that says PBF surcharge, and that's okay. the Public Benefit Fund surcharge. Got it. The utility collects that, and they send that to the Public Utilities Commission, and then we bill the PUC monthly to operate these programs, and then they reimburse us gotcha. and what's 30 this, to 60 what, days after. Uh, oh, that's their terms. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Net 60. Those are good terms. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the um, what's the general scope financially? Is that public information? I mean, what's this? Yes. In fact, great question. <clears throat> Our website, hawaiienergy.com, has a lot of all of that kind of information. Our annual plan, our annual budget, our annual report, um, past um, uh, report cards, or if you'd yep. say, there's a lot of transparency in what we do. If you wanted to find out how much monies is being spent in Maui County of all of the program monies that we uh, take in, all of that's in do you, documentation. Do you, do you on know our that website. off the top of your head? Well, of all the monies that are collected through this PBF surcharge to fund these programs, approximately 70% of it goes out in the form of rebates or educational trainings or other outreach efforts. So right. it's directly benefiting to the ratepayer or customers in that. Of that 70%, 13, no, right around 13% is the amount that Maui and actually the Big Island, we're kind of on about the same level, uh -huh. that 13% of those monies need to come back to Maui County. And okay. I can say at this point for this program year, Maui County is in a pretty good shape. Uh, once I wrap up a few more projects, we will come in right exactly on our targets oh, nice. and in good shape. Uh, we have any number of programs, both for the residents 
to take advantage of. And, and I encourage everyone, if you're paying a Maui electric bill, you should really check out our website and see how we can help make you become more energy efficient in the home. Right. Also for businesses, and that's the sector that I work in primarily, about mm. 95% of the time I'm working with businesses or government or any commercial electric account rate payer. Yeah. And um, it, it's exciting because, you know, you see everyone from the uh, big companies putting in large capital improvement projects that take multi-years but have huge energy savings to mom and pops. Uh, we have a program called our Small Business Direct Install Lighting Program, mm -hmm. and you can find this on our website. If you operate a small business and you fit within the qualifications, one of our participating contractors will come out, they'll do a lighting audit, and present you with a plan to upgrade your lighting to more energy efficient lighting, probably most likely it'll be all LED, at a reduced or no cost to the customer. And this is our way of helping that market segment because it is really a tough market to get people to upgrade and make uh, efficiency improvements. Right. Most small businesses, man, they're just trying to keep the doors open, keep cash coming in, yep. pay all their bills on time, keep their workers happy. Energy efficiency or even energy overall is not really on their radar. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I've seen so many of these businesses. We've probably done maybe five or 600 small businesses in Maui County okay. through this program. Wow. And a lot of them have shown, you know, upwards of 40% reduction in their electric bills. It's amazing, you know, because I, I think that when, when, like you said, when that mom and pop is sitting there trying to work on the, the, the you know, covering their costs and they're saying to themselves, okay, what do, what do they, what do you do here? We, you know, if you have a diner or something, you sell uh, plate lunches. It's like, uh, I remember the, 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 they're not thinking energy, but an energy actually could be a, a low hanging fruit that could make a huge difference in their bottom line, right? They're thinking, how do I sell more or how do I squeeze other things that I understand more implicitly? But energy is kind of, I think, a little bit outside of this. You probably deal with that all the time. Exactly. And, and, and that's a tough thing for, again, for a lot of small business owners. You know, they may not be up to speed on the latest lighting technology, on yeah. the latest, say, kitchen equipment uh, offerings. That's, that's what I was going to say, ovens and refrigeration and such yeah. like that. I mean, absolutely, absolutely need to take aim at those. Yeah, in fact, our, uh, we actually have a whole incentive program based on commercial energy star rated commercial kitchen equipment mm -hmm. so your glass door reach in your solid door reach in mm -hmm. hot holding cabinets electric griddles uh all this type of ice makers another big area uh energy star rated equipment we have a rebate program for all of those uh number of restaurants and other uh food service facilities have taken advantage of. So when you say a rebate program, it's like um, I, I, in, in order to incentivize this establishment to upgrade that equipment, when they purchase it, you also have a certain amount of money set aside that they'll be refunded. Yeah. That you know, if, if they if they purchase a, quali a piece of qualifying equipment, yeah. say a glass door reach-in display case, right. and it's Energy Star rated, then depending on the size and uh, the size of the unit, cubic feet in that case, it would be eligible for a certain amount of a rebate. And nice. that rebate is meant to really help offset the incremental cost of putting in a more energy efficient unit. Right. It's not going to cover the whole cost. Right. It's or not free. Right. But, but it will help to move you up to a better performing, more efficient type of equipment when it comes time to make that uh, equipment change out. You know what a wonderful program, and really, it's so valuable to the community. And it must be—it must be kind of like a good, like a nice. You must sleep really well at night, right? Because you know your your work that you're doing here is so kind of clearly beneficial. It it, it is a great, uh, you know, job that I I'm in a position to really help a number of people, both from the small mom and pops. I mean, from single owner businesses, all the way up to your largest facilities, and really get them excited about hey, you know. You saved all this money. Well, let's take that money, roll it into the next project, right. and see what else could be done. You know, right. maybe it's AC, maybe it's LED lighting, any number of different. You're like an energy teacher, exactly. And that's kind of what you're doing. <laughs> a lot of our program, a good portion of our program, is educational outreach. So yeah. we have a number of uh, things that we do in order to help uh, educate both commercial. Uh, 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 commercial uh, companies as well as residents. I did a, a session with teachers yeah. uh, during the spring break where we helped uh, partner with another group to educate teachers about energy, and I filled in on the energy efficiency portion. That's wonderful. I remember um, being part of a program that you, uh, that your organization subsidized. Uh, it was an energy efficiency seminar by a fellow named Mark Jewell. 
Yes. You remember that? That oh, was yes. your organization. Oh, yeah. I got to tell you, as an early, uh, early, it was early in my career in the industry, and so I hadn't had a lot of experience with that conversation. I think you would that the subsidization was awesome. It was something like he was a really high-powered presenter that you typically would have to spend like five hundred bucks for or something, or and more. I, yeah, it really, you know, a, a very high-ticket guy that really. And then we were able to get in there for you know next to nothing, and it was so valuable for me. So thank you very much. I remember him saying uh, one just quick quote that he goes. Yeah, he was talking about how he would try. He was trying to encourage people, encourage people to get in the career of selling energy efficiency retrofits. And he said that when you call up uh, to the CEO of the hamburger company, ask him how many burgers he'd have to sell to save the money to make the money that you're saving with this ener- this electricity, uh, you know, energy efficiency retrofit. And it was such a salient thing. It was such a cool thing in my mind that I remember that for years to get from him saying that. So thank you. Um, what are some of the the hot topic kind of uh, programs that you'd like to highlight? Um, gosh, well, definitely, you know, the biggest thing that I deal with now is LED lighting. Mm-hmm. So anybody in a commercial uh, business or, uh, you know, uh, situation who's looking at doing a lighting retrofit or upgrading or thinking about upgrading to LED lighting, definitely reach out to me and, uh, you know, we can talk. We have rebates, either what we call prescriptive rebates or even a customized rebate, which should be tailored exactly to the particular facility in question. And that's about a good maybe 70% of what I do is LED lighting. And that's really the big gain in energy efficiencies that we've been seeing over, the, say, the last five years. How much of sure. an impact? For, for, yeah. Oh, go ahead, for folks that don't, Yeah, for folks that don't know, I mean, how much do you actually save? Why, why, why would you want LED lighting in the first place? Well, definitely LED lighting compared to the existing equivalents uh, are much more efficient compared to fluorescent lighting, halogen lighting, incandescent lighting. Uh, for exterior, metal halide, high-pressure sodium, everything. Um, I've seen, again, some businesses drop upwards of 40% of their electric bill on just a lighting retrofit. And that's overall huge. Bill. Overall bill, 40%. Wow. So, wow. I mean, there are gains to be had, and the costs have come down, and our program can help offset some of the costs of that. That's amazing. Uh, and, you know, uh, w- once again, it was so easy to get in conversation with you all to really appreciate having you on board here. We are running out of time, as usual. Kind of got to move over. Maybe after our year anniversary mark, we do flip over to the two-hour mark, Jay. I don't know. But, uh, sure. you know, we uh, uh, we do want to cover our future focus. So before we go into that, is there a last kind of message or a main message you'd like to share with the community? Yes. Uh, you know, again, check out our website, uh, hawaiienergy.com. And what's good is if you scroll to the bottom, sign up for our e-newsletter, either as a business or as a residence, or if you're an energy professional, as one of them too, and you'll be kept up to date on what we're doing with the program and all the exciting things we have planned. Okay, and that website is hawaiienergy.com? Hawaiienergy.com. Okay, guys, check it out, folks. Okay, thank you so much, Walter, for being on. We're going to, let's do, we, uh, the reason I wanted to get into this future focus in the last couple minutes of the show is because Jay said we have to talk about this. So, Jay, what was this, this amazing wow. thing that came out? <laughs> it's not, not such an amazing thing, but um, Porsche has announced a new car. Um, it is the <laughs> Look at Walter's face. Turismo. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a new Porsche, yay. Um, no, we're not giving them away, I'm um, but but there's some crazy data coming out about this thing. It's going to be available in 2019. Has a 300 mile range. Um, does zero to 60 in some 3.5 seconds, which is which is supercar territory. So, so it can do the Tesla thing. But the coolest thing I found in this in this announcement was that it charges 250 miles of that. 300 mile range in, in 15, 15 minutes. minutes that's innovation right there 15 minutes that's that's, that's gas station fill up I mean, time almost in, you know instead of having to leave your electric vehicle overnight you literally can park at the mall or park at the market and and just go i gotta tell you you know so, when we were comparing the tesla and the bolt the kind of cars the car, car guy's car and the and the and the uh, spaceship i was like there's i want the car this might be the car man it's the uh the gran turismo well, from porsche <laughs> This is this is. I mean, I, I'm not a fan. Actually, it's got that big bubble butt. And kind of I like off. this style, man. We're totally different. All right, it's, it's, all right. It's, a, it's, a fam- it's a family car. But, but here they come. Been talking about it all year. The electric vehicles are coming, and yeah, they're, they're right around the corner. All right, keep your eye out for the Gran Turismo uh, all-electric Porsche. Hey, folks, this has been the Solar Coaster. We are renewable energy themed talk show right here in lovely Maui County, sponsored by Maui Solar Project, Tabushi Electro America, Pika Energy, Sun Drum Solar, and Sonin Battery. I did them differently today. Uh, Hey folks, have a great weekend and Aloha Friday.